Welcome to Unconventionally Speaking, the PSA podcast where we go behind the scenes to learn about the triumphs and tribulations that help shape the careers of our Unconvention 2022 learning gurus and experienced masters. Not only will you get a sneak peek into their session, you'll also gain valuable insight into the speaking business and tips on how to navigate the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead. Good morning, everyone. Well, I say good morning, but I'm not actually sure what time you're listening to this podcast. And although it's morning here, and I'm pleased to say a sunny Sydney morning, and Aussies know how rare that is these days, are, we're having the winter that we haven't had, even though it is middle of December, two weeks before Christmas, as I am recording this. But it is not morning where my guests are. So before I officially introduce them, let me casually introduce them. Ani and Brian, Tell me what time it is where you are. It is almost 3.15 in the afternoon, and it's brrr cold over here. <laughs> now, where are you guys calling in from? I know that you, I happen to know you guys, so I know that you have a log cabin in the woods, am I right, in the mountains? Yeah, we live in the Adirondack Mountains of upstate New York, right in the Champlain Valley, so we're squeezed right between the Adirondack Mountains and uh, Lake Champlain. Fantastic, fantastic. And it is two weeks before Christmas as we are recording this, and I do actually see snow in the background, everybody. So, as you can tell, our podcast guests today are not from around these parts. Well, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, as of yesterday, got Aussie permanent residency, so I'm halfway there and I do have a Kiwi passport. <laughs> hey, congratulations. Congrats. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, really proud of that. Really proud of that. So, we are here with Ani Anderson and Brian Trazkos. Now, I have practiced saying that name a time or two because it is spelled rather differently. I, full disclosure, I know Ani and Brian. In fact, I'm working with Ani and Brian. And I have to say, out of all the coaches that I've worked with over the last several years, Ani and Brian have probably made one of the most, if not the most, significant impacts on me personally. Ani and Brian, I categorize them as mindset coaches. They'll probably correct me, and that's okay. Welcome, Ani and Brian. I am really looking forward to having this conversation with you and to getting to know a little bit more about you, to introduce you to our podcast listeners, and to give them a sneak peek of your unconvention session. So, shall we get going? Yeah, I yeah, can't wait. Thank you so much. Excellent, excellent. All right. So, you wouldn't classify yourselves necessarily as professional speakers, but I know that you speak to introduce yourselves. You speak for a living. So as speakers, as professional speakers, we produce showreels. So I'd love for you guys to give us your verbal showreel. In other words, tell us about your backgrounds. <laughs> well, Brian and I have been working together for about 10 years. When we met each other, we both were doing the same kinds of things but we didn't know each other and we were like, we should definitely be doing this together. So we have been training people in mindset and motivation now together for about 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And really the way that we approach it, Kim, is through the body. So we work somatically. When we talk about mindset and motivation, we understand that as people, we're holistic beings. Lots of people like to categorize mindset and motivation in our heads or in our brains or between our ears. We like to say that you know, our mindset doesn't only exist between our ears, it exists in our whole bodies. And so that's the approach that we've taken 
working with people. And what we know to be true is when you're taking care of your body, you can have exceptional well-being. And when you have exceptional well-being, you can meet exceptional goals. Oh, I love that. And that's what I love about your work, the fact that it is holistic and it is so practical. So we'll get into that a little bit more. What brought you to this work? What are your backgrounds prior to doing this work? Well, I've been a physical therapist for 30 years. You know, I was trained as a physical therapist 30 years ago. And since that time, have earned additional degrees in all types of somatic processes, manual therapy processes, massage therapy, myofascial release, and also uh, lots in Eastern healing arts with Qigong and Tai Chi and energy medicine practices. And so similarly, I'm an occupational therapist and I have all kinds of certifications and degrees, massage therapy, manual therapy, Eastern arts, energy healing, and things like that. And Brian and I both left the Western medical system to start our own private pay, private practices, which sometimes people do nowadays. But when we were doing it, we were like the only people around doing it. It's not something that people did very, yeah, we <laughs> very both, often. We both made our break from the system separately, but about the same time, about 13 or 14 years ago. And really, uh, part of the reason for that was in the system at the time, and I would still say, unfortunately, still today... You know, in the healthcare system, people are really nutted down by their physical issues in particular. Like they have a heart attack they, or a heart issue or a lung issue or a shoulder issue or a back issue or a neck issue or whatever it is. And you don't really have the opportunity to look at the causations of why that's happening on a holistic level for folks. And we both had a really desire to do that and get to the deeper nugget about what was going on in people's lives and help them understand more for themselves what was causing the distress and the disease and the dysfunction that they were experiencing to help get to the core of understanding that on what's now called a biopsychosocial spiritual level. It's just, it has developed over the last 13 or 14 years. Unfortunately, at least here in the US, in the healthcare system in particular, it hasn't changed a whole lot. Yeah. So Brian and I actually taught our first class together about 10 years ago, and we had so much fun. We were like, wow, whatever that was, we have to do more of that. <laughs> I want more of that. And at that time, we had two separate businesses. Yeah, we had two separate businesses. We were literally working in our little wellness center in two separate rooms right next to each other. And we were like, we should really combine forces. I'll bet we could make a bigger difference. And our big goal at that time was to help our county be as healthy and well as possible. Of course, now we work globally. We actually have a paper that our county was the healthiest county in New York State. This is like five years ago or something. Mm -hmm. Wow. So we were like, oh, we made it. <laughs> we, did, yeah. we did it. Wow. That was so cool. Yeah, that was part of our big goal at the time we started our wellness center. And at that time, our county was one of the sickest yeah. in the state. And you know, while we don't have any direct correlation <laughs> that we caused that, <laughs> it was that was our intention it was actually to move our county up on the health stats in the state and it's funny it did happen it did happen yeah so we've been teaching together ever since that first stress balancing course <laughs> right and so talk to us about how you actually do what you do because i know that you do training courses you do public speaking which is how i originally met you on stage speaking publicly and you also do one-on-one -on -one coaching. How would you say that your business is divided? Well, I mean, we do all of those things. Like you said, Kim, we have a robust certification program that we absolutely love. But just I think like any great institute, 
we have our own practice. Brian and I have trained with a number of different institutes and they all have clinics, you know, or, or mm-hmm. such. They have their own practices. And so we have our own private practice. And then we have the students that we teach and we have the speaking that we do both to educate and to let people know about our unique way of working. Again, like Brian was saying, with through the body, through somatics. Yeah. And so as entrepreneurs, because you guys are entrepreneurs and you do what a lot of the podcast listeners do, because the definition of professional speaker has widened considerably over the last few decades and is continuing to widen with the pandemic and with the new way of working, working virtually. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful to be able to work globally from the comfort of your own home? Yeah. Me by the ocean, you in the mountains <laughs> with, with snow. You know, being an entrepreneur has its ups and downs. And as mindset coaches, you have some tools that possibly we don't have. But my mother used to have a saying, you can't paint the chair that you're you're sitting in. And so I'm sure that you, (laughs) isn't that great? I just love that. Yeah. And so I'm sure that you have had, like all entrepreneurs, highs and lows. Tell us about a time when you wanted to throw it all in, what happened and how did you keep going? Yeah, I remember a specific incident, actually. I was on a train and I was heading from Philadelphia to New York City and I needed to get off the train at Penn Station. And I was feeling it was a super low point for me in terms of gaining leads and getting the speaking engagements to be able to do that. And I was feeling really down on myself. So on the train back to New York, I was actually starting to open up the want ads. I was going to go, quote unquote, get a job. Wow. Yeah. Which for me, I know from my mindset, it's like that's – I haven't done that in years, by the way. But that was my cue that I was in a bad place in my head when I went to look for a job. So I'm on the train and I hear, Penn Station, Penn Station. And I gather all my things up. And I get my backpack and I get to the doors and they open up and I looked around and it didn't look like Penn Station, but they were saying Penn Station. So I asked somebody who was on the platform, is this Penn Station? They said, yeah, Penn Station in Newark. Newark's in New Jersey. It was one stop before New York City. And I slowly backed up from the door and I went back to my seat and I sat down and I thought to myself, oh my God, I almost got off the train. And then I reflected for just a moment about how metaphoric that was for me. I was one stop from my destination and I was about to give it all up, you know? And what made you keep going? Well, one of the things that helps me to keep going personally is the fact that, you know, we're in collaboration Mm -hmm. here. So there's the two of us. And that really has been a tremendous asset because it really is important to put yourself in communities of people who believe in you and who believe in your mission and what you're doing. And Brian and I have been that person for each other a number of times. We also also put ourselves in communities of people who believe in us for sure. But that's one of the things that's helped me to keep going is having a partner who's also committed to the growth and committed to the mission. Yeah. And I would have to agree with that. So the two of you were together at yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so we work together, we live together, we raise our kids together. You know, so we are together a lot, and that has. There's two sides to that coin. You know, obviously, Kim, and one of the positive sides to that coin is that we are there for each other, and that we have figured out that when we make a big decisions in our company, and one of the things I think that's really helped us grow and move from being intrapreneurs working for hospitals to 
going out of the system to be having our own little practices and then owning a wellness center and then growing an institute and now, you know, having clients all over the world and teaching is that when we get to the point of making a decision, I'm usually the one that has a little more trepidation on the way into the decision. And Ani's just like, let's do it. You know, let's like just march headlong into this thing. <laughs> I can see that. Yep. <laughs> and then once we're in it and the boat, it's like entering into the eye of the storm. Like Ani's the one who's like, let's enter into the eye of the storm. I'm like, you sure you want to go in that storm? I'm like, and, I'm already halfway there. Right, Come and, on. And then once we're in the storm, what happens is that's when typically Ani would be like, oh, sh- oh no. We and I should, break down. We should not what be in we here. Do? We should not be in this storm. And I'm like, we're in the storm now and we're going to finish this damn storm. <laughs> so, you know, lucky for us is that we kind of have really met each other that way in terms of being able to really step up and be the leader for wherever we naturally are in that process. We've also figured out how to appropriately be in relationship with each other as people and humans and also as coaches because we've definitely stumbled on the parts of our relationship where we've tried to coach each other. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes that works and sometimes it really, really doesn't. And I think that's one of the things that we've gotten to the place where we do really well because we can keep an eye on each other's mindset and on each other's energy level and how we're taking care of ourselves, each other, and our business. And we also know that sometimes it's appropriate to get in there and like go for asking the questions and looking at the hard stuff. And other times, the other person needs a hug, you know, or they just need a break. Yeah. So that's been a big deal for us to figure out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been a great continues to be a really enlightening and wonderful and truly enriching journey. And really the perfect balance of both challenge and support in my life personally, which I think is necessary for growth. And to help us become the best people we're going to be, we have to have a balance of those two things. And do you have a moment where you were on the train and almost took the wrong stop, almost got off the train before you reached your destination? What kept you going? You know, I remember early on after we had gotten together and decided to not only join our businesses together, but also to then rearrange our life relationships in order to be together. Very early on after Ani and I melded our businesses, we made a conscious decision that in order to do the work that we wanted to do in the world and to be in full integrity with that, to be in full integrity with that, it was important that we're also sharing our lives together, which meant that we need to rearrange our relationships with uh, other people in our lives and with our kids and those sorts of things. And I remember shortly after we did that, financially, you know, the bottom really fell out of our business. And we were, it was a desperate, desperate time for us. And I remember sitting in the car at our kids' school and literally having <laughs> the most profound anxiety attack experience that I've ever had in my entire life. And I remember, I remember doing tapping on my face and on my head and, you know, uh, just talking about what was going on inside of me? And I was just this blubbering explosion of emotion coming out and really wondering if I was going to be able to hold it together and come out of that car alive at that point. And I remember after I was able to just go through that process and just allow myself to completely explode anxiety, emotionally, go to the depths of what I was experiencing, I had an idea after that. And the idea was that I needed to pitch a program that nobody had ever heard of before around using Qigong and Tai Chi and rehabilitation to a professional education company 
that I had attended a seminar for a couple of weeks earlier. And so I opened up the brochure and wrote them and said, hey, what do you think about this? And the guy I wrote to happened to, the guy who worked at the company, happened to also practice Tai Chi. He loved what I was talking about and immediately suggested that we create this program. (laughs) And within a month or two later, I was teaching professionally for this organization and gave us exactly the financial boon that we needed. And it actually opened us up to a whole new community of people that were interested in what we were doing. Fascinating. Because we had lost a community of people when we rearranged our lives. And that was really why our our finances had plummeted. And so I know that by walking through that experience of completely devolve, you know, devolving into a puddle, and but holding a piece of myself through that experience allowed me to come up with, hey, what's the next step? What's the next possibility? And then follow that with my whole heart. And that was really a huge turning point for us, for our business and for our lives. Yeah. We're really about feeling how you feel, Kim, so you can get to a place of completion rather than basically putting pause on where you are and getting stuck there, going to the depth so that you could come out on the other side. That actually partially answered my next question, which is, and so many people listening to this will relate because obviously the speaking industry has been forever changed and changed on Friday, the 13th of March, 2020. Nobody seems to get that irony (laughs) (laughs) like I do. (laughs) But we, as a community, we had the PSA convention happening that weekend and we were lucky enough to be together as a community and a support system. And it really changed our community. So, but you know, the pandemic is still going on. We are not out the other side. And, you know, especially here in Australia, we've gone some through some very severe lockdowns. And and there are a lot of people listening to this podcast who have experienced or will in the future those depths. So Ani, to follow that thread for both of you, how important is it to hit rock bottom? I know that you believe that when you do, you have to feel it, you have to complete it, you have to move through. And in that can be the gold nugget of inspiration that can completely change. But how important is it to actually go to the depths? Is there a way to circumvent that? Yeah, I don't believe that you have to hit rock bottom, say, but I do believe that when we feel as if we've hit rock bottom, we need to take a pause and deal with ourselves. But to say that Any place that we are along our trajectory, whether it's rock bottom or not, we have to deal with ourselves in order to get to the next level. It's been my experience that in order to get to the next level, you have to deal with yourself. And that really goes back to trauma-informed things. Yeah. So I agree 100%. I don't think you have to go to rock bottom. I think the problem is the reason we reach rock bottom is because we didn't let go of the rock. Yeah, good point. (laughs) I love that. Right? Right. I mean, so the sooner we let go of the rock, the less likely we're going to hit rock bottom sort of thing. And so (laughs) it's really like, what are we willing to let go of and what are we willing to change? So it's those things that we hold so dear to us, especially in a time of change or transition or difficulty, which is really what causes us our suffering and our pain. Yeah. Yeah. We have a magnet on our refrigerator that says, let go or be dragged. And I love that we have it on a refrigerator, by the way, (laughs) because it just reminds me, it reminds me that we have to always be in a continual 
place of letting go. Letting go. Yeah. And so along with that, the idea of letting go is what Ani had mentioned earlier. And with the trauma-informed and trauma-sensitive work that we do with folks, it is really about an incompletion in our physiology. When we have an incompletion in our physiology, and that incompletion can be historic from a long time ago, or it can be as early as today, and or it can be many, many thousands of times in between that forms our body or changes our body into a state of perpetual incompletion. And we cycle into that, we cycle in that frozenness for a really long time. And the longer we cycle in that frozenness, the more story we have wrapped up in it and the more energy gets caught in it. And the more energy that gets caught in it, the more potential energy that is really frightening to release as well. So as humans, you know, we really don't have an a good understanding of how powerful we really are from a purely energetic basis. And I think on a deep level, that scares us when we contain a lot of energy. And discharging that energy can be frightening, you know, and potentially troublesome. So the work of helping people complete that physiologic response oftentimes needs to be done in very small doses at a time in order to help people to come back to themselves, come back to their senses, come back to what's important to them safely, more profoundly, and more sustainably. Oh, fascinating. So I want to actually move on because a lot of your work is about helping people, especially entrepreneurs, speakers, coaches, consultants, level up. So I'd love for you to, and so many of our listeners, again, are looking at 2022 as leveling up. <laughs> you know, the last two years, we everybody hates the word pivot, but we have had to pivot. And a, a lot of us have introduced new product lines, new services. We're experimenting with new things. And some of us really want to level up. What is your best advice around leveling up? <laughs> I think it's to take care of yourself. I think we're at a point globally where this is becoming non-negotiable in terms of where we're going, if we're going to be sustainable as a human species, we have to be looking at taking care of ourselves, our humanness. So I think it's one of the things that we're seeing really as a trend now. I'm so excited to see that mm -hmm. for entrepreneurs, business owners, speakers, coaches, consultants, you name it, that they're really coming to their senses about taking care of themselves. And when they do that, they really embody that truth for everybody that they serve, for every stage that they speak on, right? It sends ripples of awareness that this is important, we are important, and it's time to really look at these things. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. I think the whole idea is that every single thing that we do to help elevate ourselves has a very profound ripple effect on the collective. And it's time for us to really to kind of understand that now. And that goes the other way also. You know, everything we do that doesn't help ourselves, you know, whether it's self-shaming or self-guilting or self-whatevering, self-shooting, you know, we can shoot all over ourselves. Essentially, what we're doing is we're adding that energy into the collective as well. I think we really have to understand that. If we can't see how connected we are now in this world, how will we ever see it? Right. I mean, I think this is one of the gifts of COVID has shown us how connected we actually are. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Just think about the viral spread, yeah. right? If we weren't connected, this virus wouldn't spread like lightning across the globe, would it? 
So we are essentially connected, and this virus has been a tracer for that, in my mind. And so if we can be connected via a virus, we're also connected via all of the positivity and all of the elevation that we can bring ourselves, letting go of the shoulds, letting go of the shame, letting go of the guilt, and embracing our concept of not only self-reliance, but communal reliance as well. Oh, fascinating. Communal reliance. So that seems to be a theme here of community, of surrounding yourself with people who will help you level up. So is it truly a communal effort? How much is up to you as an individual and how much do you need to rely on that community? I think it's both. I think it's a really good balance of both. I think that, like Brian was saying, it's time for us to recognize our part in the collective. We are all cells in the great organism. And so we have to do our own work. We have to look at ourselves and also know that every time we work on ourselves, we're helping the collective and also lean in and rely on relationships because that's really where transformation is best gifted to us is through relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And really, Brian, we're going to say something. Yeah. Find that connection with the people who want to do that type of work together to up level because it's not a one to one ratio either, Kim. I mean, the thing is, it's actually an exponential for every time an individual up levels their consciousness. And by consciousness, and by the way, when you up level your consciousness, it has all kinds of evidence show up in the external world, right? So your business gets better, you have more money, your relationships get better, all that stuff shows up. When you up-level your consciousness, when you start to become more of a being of light. So that has exponential resonance to the community around you. So it's not like a one-to-one ratio. So when you up-level your level of resonance, it actually has a one-to-a-thousand ratio to other people. So you not only clear like a little path, you actually clear a path that's like a mile wide for other people to step into that. So when you do that with other people, imagine the energetic pathway that you can create for the world when you're doing that work with other people. And that's one of the things I've so appreciated about having Ani in my life. You know, I think to some degree, we were both trying to do that individually and separately. And when we came together, that had massive ripples on people's lives around us. Whether people would have called that a positive ripple or a negative <laughs> ripple, I think is up to them. But the ripple it was uh, ripples the, were obvious. Were undeniable. <laughs> and I wouldn't even call them ripples anymore at that. It was, for some people, they were tidal the tsunamis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So take us out 10 years. You know, the last two years have been interesting. And clearly, we are not going back to pre-COVID. There are, there are some things that won't change, but some things that will. How do you see the business that you're in and the business that your clients are in? What do you see for the future? I think I see it with a lot of curiosity and wonderment for mm-hmm. what could be that I don't even know about. And like, for example, holograms. When I first heard maybe speakers are going to come via hologram, I was like, what? Like, I never thought of that. Just like Brian likes to tell a story about when his grandparents saw Skype for the first time and they just, you cannot even comprehend. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I think there's right. going to be stuff that I can't even comprehend and I'm going to be a little bit like Brian's grandparents about it. Like, how do you work this thing? <laughs> but I also really hold a deep reverence and hope for the fact that we are going to remain in 
community with like flesh and blood in-person communities. And I don't know what that's going to look like. Is it going to be as big? Is it going to be more global? Is it going to be less global? I don't know. I think that over the course of getting to the next 10 years, Kim, I see more of a community-focused depth coming that then I would suspect will have ripples out to more of a globalization because like that's how things work, right? It's the inhale and the exhale. It's the pendulum swinging kind of thing. Yeah. But I want to hold the hope that we are also, whatever technological coolness happens, are still going to be meeting with people together as people. And connecting. Yeah. I have no idea technology-wise. I mean, I have to be perfectly honest. I don't even know if I can envision that. But what I will say is that I don't think as a human community that we have actually gotten to our off-ramp yet. I think we're still headlong into trouble in a lot of ways. But I will say, if we are able to do this, if we are able to do this as a human race, as a human population, then 10 years from now, an entrepreneur, instead of asking the question, how can I grow my business? The question will be, how can I grow our business? How can we grow our business? Mm -hmm. How can we grow together? That we will no longer see ourselves in isolation. We'll always see our connectivity to everyone else around us. And it will be less about, I don't have enough money to how can we create more for everyone? Right? I mean, so that will be the reflexive question in the future, 10 years from now, if we can get over this hurdle and make this, get on this off ramp as soon as we can. Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. And I think that we wouldn't necessarily consider ourselves pessimistic, but both of us do believe that we have our work cut out for us in the coming years. And I think that it's wise rather than to barricade your doors to the gremlins to open up the doors and let the gremlins come in. And so like, I can see the writing on the wall that we all have a lot of work to do. There's going to be so much good opportunity for each of us who wants to go out and make a difference. There's just mm-hmm. rampant with opportunities. So like, let's get in there and really do it because the world is going to need every single one of us to do be in there doing our thing over the course of the next number of years. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, Kim, we're already all connected. I mean, we're already all connected, whether we realize it or not, those connections are there. And so we can make a decision to start to consciously utilize those connections in a positive direction, or if we continue to use them unconsciously in ways that actually pull us farther apart. But the connections are already there. Yeah. Interesting. Fascinating. So give us a little sneak peek without giving too much away. (laughs) Oh, yes. Give us 30 seconds on your session at Unconvention. What are we in store for? Oh, yeah. We're super excited. So first of all, we're really excited because the process that we are going to be taking folks through is typically a process we only do with our certification students. Yeah. So that's kind of a fun little thing. We decided to bring out something special, Kim. When you asked us to do this, we were like, what can we do with Kim that's really going to shake it up and make this conference really cool? So this is the only time we're doing this outside of our certification program. So we got to say that. Ah, well, we should feel very honored. Mm, Yeah. So it's super exciting. So we're going to share what we call our motivational matrix. And our motivational matrix, it's actually on the surface, it's pretty darn simple. And it's like an iceberg. Underneath it, there's tons of depth. And understanding how to begin to align our subconscious and our conscious experiences, especially around how we are either gaining or losing in our current perception. And so we have methodology to really align our conscious and subconscious minds 
to get us pointed in the directions of that we really and truly deeply want to go. Oh, that sounds fascinating. I, for one, cannot wait. We've got several people because obviously it's all online. So we've got several people hosting the various streams because each session will have two to three streams and I am definitely hosting yours <laughs> <laughs> just because I want to participate, even though I work with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I want more of that. Okay, so I'm going to end with the rapid fire questions. You guys ready? Okay, ready. We're ready. All right, I'm going to ask you to alternate. So, Ani, favorite online platform? Zoom. Brian, favorite tech hack? Ooh, tech hack. Oh my God. <laughs> you can say me. Oh, should I? <laughs> Ani. Yeah, Ani's my favorite tech hack. Ani, favorite tech hack. <laughs> Ani is my favorite tech hack. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, I'm his tech hack. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Ani, I hit my Ani button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Ani, favorite productivity hack? Sleeping. <laughs> Brian, favorite meal? Oh. <laughs> that was a good one for you. That was you. easy. Chocolate chip cookies. Oh, oh man. One of the things that I miss most about the States. Absolutely. <laughs> Both of you, favorite holiday spot? Ooh, Nona's house, Brian's mom. Yep, right here. Look at right behind us. Do <laughs> you see the lake? Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Oh, that's great. You guys can't see it, but there's a lovely house in the background with snow. So very, very nice. Yeah. Exactly. This is our favorite holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Both of you, wine, beer, gin, vodka, or tequila? Cider. Hard cider. <gasps> oh. Apple cider. Yep. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. That, my partner, David, loves hard cider as well. Both of you, if you could have a dinner party with any three people in the world, who would they be? Ooh, well, I think we have some similar answers. Well, first thing. of all, it would be Kim Ceiling Smith. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that goes without saying. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, sorry, Kim, but I was going to say the Dalai Lama, and I think that's probably on Brian's yeah, list, def too. Yeah, definitely the Dalai Lama. And I would say Deepak Chopra, because that would just be such a fun conversation. Would you invite Deepak, too, I would, Yeah, I would love to have Deepak there. Okay. I like, like the science. I sure. thought maybe we'd have the same first two, but mm -hmm. maybe the third one. So, are you going to have Kim for your third one? I would love to have Kim join us for dinner. <laughs> I'll be there, as long as it's at Nona's house. That's right. It, it is at Nona's <laughs> house. Yeah, that's exactly. the best place to have yeah. dinner. <laughs> I would also have dinner with Mike Michalowicz, who is my favorite entrepreneurial author. And I would just love to sit down and talk about entrepreneurship with Mike. Yeah. And if I had a backup, if I had a, a backup, <laughs> say if you couldn't make it, Kim, to dinner, <laughs> yeah, right, I would have uh, Stephen Porges, who um, is the creator of polyvagal theory. I'm a huge physiology buff. I mean, a lot of what I come from is understanding how our bodies work and function in relation to our spirits. And, and Stephen Porges is a hero of mine. So. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, that leads into the next question. Favorite book or podcast for professional inspiration? Ooh. I think I would still have to lean in on the Mike Michalowicz mm. thing. He is my favorite author. Okay. And when I'm having a down day as an entrepreneur, I'm going to go grab any one of his books or go see anything he has to say because he lightens it up, makes it funny. And also says something really valuable. Fantastic. Brian? And I'm going to say, for me, it's a book called Energy Medicine, The Scientific Basis by James Oshman. <laughs> so I know that's probably not well known, but 
It's what, for me personally, brings me back to what it means to be a human and what it means to be actually also a metahuman. So that's what it means for me. Wow. Excellent. Well, Ani, Brian, it is always a pleasure to talk to one or both of you together. (laughs) I, for one, cannot wait until Unconvention. I am super excited to be introducing you to our Aussie audiences. I've been talking up a storm about your session. (laughs) And like I said, I'm going to be hosting it so I can attend it. So thank you so much for your time today. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Thank you. And we'll see you in 2022. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you so much, Kim. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Unconventionally Speaking. We have over 30 unspeakers of this caliber at Unconvention on the 25th and 26th of March. So grab your seat today. Just click the link included in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone that you know who would also get value from this conversation and follow or subscribe to the show to ensure that you never miss an episode. See you all at PSA Unconvention 2022. This episode is sponsored by your podcast concierge, podcast production for speakers who want to increase their authority and generate leads from their show. You press record and let them do the rest. And to this, I can personally attest.